got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialectic, do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. real talk. And here we go. Here we go on this Monday evening in the city. Uh, it is September 25th, 2023, six o'clock straight up, which means it is time for Real Talk Memphis. And it is a very happy, uh, I'm very happy to have uh, you here. I'm also very happy to be here myself. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Uh, it's good to be in the place and sitting in the air chair once again following the level, uh, level Lola right uh, before us, uh, kind of puts us in that mood. Now, I don't want to ask her anymore. See, I, 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 apparently I ask her every week when she plays her outro uh, before we come on. I say, well, who is that? And she says, that's The Roots. So I'm gonna have to like commit that to memory now. That that is her. That that's her. That's her out theme music. The the roots. But uh, another great show, and uh, we hope to have a great show for you this evening. Uh, again, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. If you can spend the next hour with us, I think uh, you will thank us for it after it is all over. We have a a great guest list for you. But uh, how do you get this fine piece of radio broadcasting? Yes, indeed. Well. Uh, a number of ways, actually. 91.7 on your FM dial, which is what we are on right now uh, on your radio dial. You can also catch us on the YXR app, the TuneIn app. We are downstreaming the show uh, this evening on live streaming the show, downstreaming the show, live streaming the show on Facebook Live this evening. And we are going to be on YouTube when the show posts uh, tomorrow afternoon. And as we are a podcast, you can catch us wherever you get your podcast after, of course, the show has been posted. So good to have you here with us. I think we have a pretty good show for you tonight. I hope you think we have a good show for you this evening. Our first guest in just a few minutes will be City Councilwoman District 3, Patrice Robinson. We had not had Patrice on the show in quite a while, and uh, it will be good to have her talk to her. She's finishing up her second term uh, as uh, the councilwoman. Uh, so she is term limited. Uh, well, uh, so she's not running for re-election. But we're going to talk to her about the last eight years, the highs, the lows, uh, where we are as a city right now. Uh, and we're also going to talk, she uh, was recently appointed to a very special committee. Uh, and uh, this particular uh, board uh, is uh, one that would be of interest to all of us here in Memphis and Shelby County. She'll tell us all about that in just a few minutes. We will also be speaking with Vanessa Brown. Many of you are familiar with the organization Lifeline to Success. And that basically 
uh, is an organization that helps uh, to reestablish individuals who have been in prison, uh, reestablish themselves uh, in the communities and the neighborhoods, back to their families, and try to get them reacclimated again uh, to a life uh, outside of bars. She, too, uh, and that organization was the recipient of a very large grant award, some half a million dollars. And she'll talk a little uh, to us about that, uh, what she plans on doing with that money and how they this will help them to continue their mission and their momentum. And uh, in the second half hour, uh, the good Reverend Dr. Reginald Boyce will join us. Uh, on the show, he's now he is. This is the first time he's been on the show as well. Uh, he's a senior pastor, of course, from Riverside uh, Missionary Baptist Church here in town. He's and he's also the founder of an organization called Empower Nine Hundred One, which works for at-risk youth. And he's going to talk to us about that organization and uh, what else uh, he is uh, got his eye on here uh, in the city of Memphis. But. Uh, it is that time of the broadcast, of course, when we take time out to celebrate you and your current trip around the sun. Uh, you know, all of us, uh, you know, don't, 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 we have best made, best laid plans, right? We don't always make it. Uh, but uh, when the Lord smiles upon you and says, hey, I'm going to allow you to have another birthday, we can't help but to celebrate that. Uh, but in order to do that with the shout out, uh, we can't do any of that until I say, hit it, Bryn. A lot of birthdays, too, by the way, uh, on this particular day. And a few I want to mention uh, that are coming up. Happy birthday going out to Elaine Curran, Stacey Hamlet, Rolanda Davis, Wanda Faye Robinson, Louis Cadell is celebrating today, Marcia Sanders is, okay. Uh, Lola was giving me the high sign. She got one, too. Marshall Sanders celebrating his birthday today. Huh? Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Okay, let me back up. Wanda Faye Robinson is Lola's auntie. So that that, that deserves a special shout-out right there. Uh, let's see here. Stacey Patton celebrating a birthday today, as is Dee Dee Jones, Diane Hampton, Annette McNeil, and a friend of mine, a long time. I've known this guy a long time. He's in Washington, D.C., so he won't hear it. Wisdom Martin celebrating his birthday today. He's a news anchor out there in Washington, D.C. Uh, and uh, the Reverend Earl Fisher, Pearl Walker, and Darcy Thomas are all celebrating their birthdays uh, in the next uh, day or two. So I wanted to make sure I shouted them out as well. So to each and every one of you, happy birthday. Happy celebration. I hope it's been a day filled with fun and laughter. And we hope to be with you as we celebrate your next trip around the sun next year. Next year, uh, I'll have to have uh, Lola uh, introduce uh, her aunt to Wanda Faye Robinson. So thank you, Brian, and, and uh, congratulations to each and every one of you. So uh, this is the final week of early voting. Next week, uh, there is a very big election for mayor and city council happening. Uh, we, I don't know how many, I didn't get a, a current number, but I know at least about five, 6,000 plus people have, have voted, early voted so far uh, in this race. You have this week until Saturday. Uh, if you plan on going out to vote early, uh, that ends on Saturday. And of course, uh, after that, you'll have to wait until next week until election day happens. Uh, many of you are familiar now, have heard about the nine sheriff's corrections deputies that were indicted last week in connection with the deaths of Gershon Freeman uh, in uh, the jail 
Uh, that happened sometime in October, about a year ago, last year. Uh, two of the nine were actually charged with second-degree murder uh, and aggravated assault, and the others were charged with aggravated assault resulting in a death. Well, uh, the Gershon family attorney, Ben Crump, was in town today, and he had a, a press conference, and, of course, the uh, Freeman family was there, and uh, a lot of emotion, and, of course, uh, the family wants justice. Uh, not only for Gershon, they want the officers uh, taking to task. Uh, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with this. Uh, things are just getting started. But all of them were arrested. They were indicted. And the uh, last uh, of the nine actually turned himself in a couple of hours ago. Uh, so now all nine of them have been arrested. And we will wait to see what the next court case holds. Uh, there was a body found. Uh, in the Mississippi River on the West Memphis side uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, it, uh, we have heard that it is a female body, but no ID has been released as of yet. Uh, you know, the, the, the search for Tamara Taylor uh, is uh, still continuing. We don't know if that was her or not, uh, that, the body that was found. She's the 21-year-old Covington mother of two that was celebrating her birthday two weeks ago uh, this past weekend. Uh, and uh, she was on a booze cruise uh, here in Memphis, uh, uh, wound up leaving out, and when they came back, uh, she was uh, no longer on the boat. So we will continue to lift her uh, in prayer in hopes that uh, she will uh, be found. Uh, there was a shooting in Covington over the weekend up on Highway 51 up there. Five people shot Saturday night uh, at the event center up there. One of the five, a 20-year-old Tamya Ewing, uh, died of her injuries. Uh, the other four are still uh, hospitalized. Uh, evidence suggests that there were multiple shooters uh, on the scene, but there have been no uh, suspects arrested uh, as of yet. That's a very sad situation uh, in terms of that. But uh, nothing that, uh, unfortunately, we are, uh, haven't been accustomed to around here. It was another violent week weekend here in Memphis uh, with uh, several shootings out there as well. So uh, two quick sports notes. Uh, first of all, the University of Memphis lost to uh, Missouri uh, over the weekend. Uh, so that was their first loss uh, of uh, this young season. And, of course, everybody was waiting to see what Colorado was going to do against Oregon. And Colorado shouldn't have got on the plane headed to Oregon because they got completely, they got just, I mean, it was a, a classic uh, butt whooping. Uh, they got beat, uh, I think it was worth 41 to 6 uh, over the weekend. So guess what? Uh, Deion uh, Sanders, a prime, is human and so are his players. And uh, uh, that, that beat down showed a lot of deficiencies in that team. Uh, and uh, this coming Saturday night, they have another tough opponent because they play my University of Southern California Trojans uh, this weekend. So uh, we will be looking forward to that and see how that plays out as well. So uh, that is a quick look at news and notes for this uh, Monday evening. Uh, we are going to take our first break uh, of the night. And when we come back, we're going to uh, engage in conversation with, a, with an old friend uh, and someone we all know and love. Uh, Memphis City Councilwoman Patrice Robinson right here uh, on this edition of Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. You know who you are. Our first break of the night, and we'll be right back.
If you like real talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WIXR is supported by the On Stage at the Halloran Center season, presenting the Memphis Songwriters Series, hosted by Mark Eggers-Stewart. Mark and his musical guests take audiences on a journey behind the music, sharing personal stories and introducing new works. The first event of the season is on Thursday, September 28th, and will feature John Namath, Sarah Spain, and Dion James. More information at orpheum-memphis.com. Goner Records is proud to sponsor WYXR. The 20th Goner Fest is coming to Rail Garden Thursday, September 28th through Sunday, October 1st, featuring bands from all over the globe, including the OCs, the Gories, the Mummies, Coffin, Sweeping Promises, Marked Men, and over 20 more bands and DJs. Ticket and streaming information at GonerFest.com. Want to be the first to know who's performing at Raised by Soundfest this year? Join us at Crosstown Brewing Company for the WYXR Raised by Soundfest lineup reveal party on Tuesday, September 26th from 6 to 8 p.m. RSVP for free at reveal.raisedbysoundfest.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful, hot Monday, you know, the calendar Saturday said we were supposed to be in fall, but uh, uh, somebody fooled us because it was 91 degrees today, and apparently it's going to be in the upper 80s near 90 uh, every day this week. So just prepare for that. Uh, welcome back to the show. And uh, also welcome back, uh, you know, an old friend, and she's actually a family friend too. She uh, is uh, uh, a current sitting city councilwoman in District 3. Uh, she is in her second term, winding that down, and she is Patrice Robinson. And Patrice, it's great to see you, my friend. How are you? I am well, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you, Chip. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you you uh, taking some time to come. So, Patrice, uh, obviously a lot going on in the city. Uh, you are winding up your second term, your term limited. And we'll talk about your next venture in just a couple of minutes. But but what I but I want to start out with is, uh, you know, as you start to wind things down uh, in your term and you start to look back a bit, you know, it's been eight years uh, since you've been on the council, uh, made a lot of decisions uh, that impacted a lot of folks. Uh, when you look back now, um, maybe share with us some of the highs and some of the lows and, and some of the things that you feel most proudest of in terms of your accomplishments. I am so excited that you even asked that question. <laughs> One, I've provided for my community, District 3, 
everybody in my district had an opportunity to know what services are provided by the city, not only the city, but for the county as well. Mm -hmm. I want to prepare my constituents so that moving forward, whether I'm here or not, that they know where to go, what to get, what they need, and how to maneuver in those areas. It was very important for you to set a template, wasn't it? I mean, you know, when you ran the first time and you won, I mean, obviously there were a lot of challenges ahead, but it was important to, to sort of set, as you just mentioned, kind of kind of mm -hmm. set a pace and, and really, you know, uh, you know, you have a you have a large constituency out there. Uh, all those folks out there love you. Uh, and, and there's a lot to do in terms of service. So when you first got elected, you, you set a simp, uh, you set a template of service. What, what did you when you first came, became a city councilwoman? What were some of the goals that you wanted to set for yourself? Number one was make sure that I provided for the citizens of District 3 a newsletter. My uncle worked for the Chamber of Commerce, Clifford Stockton. His last conversation before he took his last breath was make sure that you have a Patrice's Express, and we did that, so that we can not only communicate with my district, but anybody who needed information about what's going on in the city. And let me tell you, the best reviews I got were from judges and other elected officials, because <laughs> now they know what's going on. Yeah. My second thing was to make sure that because my district is so uh, large, and we have distinct boutique communities, Whitehaven, Oak Haven, Hickory Hill, Fox Meadows. I did four times the work rather than having one community meeting every quarter. I had four mm -hmm. so that I could make sure that I covered the unique opportunities in each of those communities and let them know that I was concerned about them, what they wanted for their areas. Third thing was that Whitehaven, had, we haven't had the investment that we needed down on our end. Right. We had a real nice community center out in Hickory Hill. They had a they had the nicest pool in the city of Memphis out there. Uh, they had lots of places to sit down and eat. They were concerned about their streets needing to be paved. They were concerned about citizens putting trash down. But in Whitehaven, I didn't have a place to sit down and eat except for Piccadilly. Mm. The Y uh, was about to close, and they did close it my first year. They tore it down. Then they wondered, what are we going to do next? So Councilwoman Robinson picked up the, the bootstraps and said, come on, guys, we're going to raise this money, and we're going to do this Y. Uh, our schools were doing well in the community. We had an empowerment zone, but we wanted to make sure that parents were more engaged. We wanted to make sure that our business community was supported. So we stood up a, a program that was basically here but was not functioning, and that's the Greater Whitehaven Economic Redevelopment Corporation. Right. Now the community has a foundation and they can move forward without me. All they need to do now is continue the work that we began right here. Oak Haven area has a lot of challenges, but we worked over there as well. We made sure that now we include East Haven in the process and, and there's a church and a pastor over there that's really excited about it. Diane Young over at the Healing Center yeah. has a place for people uh, to come and get the care that they need with mental health issues. And we partnered with them, the city of Memphis. We made sure the parks were cleaned up in the whole district. We did cleanups throughout the district. I can't think of anything that we didn't put our finger on. 
<laughs> That's a lot. And, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that, you know, and I don't go to Whitehaven a lot, but when I do, I mean, I notice, I mean, nice wide streets. I mean, it looks uh, it, it, it looks like it's a transformed uh, community, you know. In, in, in we're a, in getting a, there. Absolutely. We still got problems now, yeah. but we're getting there. Yeah, you know, in a, but in a lot of respects, heading in, in, in the right direction. Uh, you know, when, when you when you talk about, uh, you know, all, all that uh, the work and all that has been accomplished there, um, you know, there have been uh, more than uh, enough share in terms of challenges. Uh, what are some of the major challenges that you had uh, found yourself facing uh, in your two terms in office? My major challenge in the Whitehaven community has been with our young people with these acts of crime and violence. And that's something we were working with throughout the whole city. And I was so shocked one day, I pulled up to the corner of Mill Branch and I said, Rains Road. Mm. And they had a mm. little show, you know, with the cars where you spin yeah. around in the street mm. and yeah. block off all the streets. Yeah, sure. yeah. So mm. I said, well, you all just let Councilwoman Robinson through. You know what they said to me? What's a Councilwoman? Oh, 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 okay. All right. <laughs> and I heard gunshots over there. I'm going, okay, we've got to get some control on this. We've got to have more cameras. We've got to have more people involved in the process. Mm. And we've got to work with our young people. These were not no to me, these were our children. They were dressed like they were going to an event for the evening. They had nice cars, so I knew that they were middle class from middle class families. Mm -hmm. So we really got to have more programming for our young people and ensure that they get connected. Now we we do have a Blue Cross Blue Shield Park, and people really appreciate that. And we need more activities like that in our community. We are also now expanding our Whitehaven Community Center. We have a splash pad there for the kids, some okay. urban art, and we're going to have a banquet room. We've never had one. So it you can see the the building it being erected at this point. So we have a lot going on, but our major challenge has been keeping that trash off the street. Yeah. And that's personal. I could consider it personal. Mm-hmm. Our citizens are going to have to make up their minds that they're going to cooperate in this process. When we were children, and I'm sure you remember this, you couldn't drop paper on the on yeah, the ground yeah, at school yeah. or at the library yeah. or anywhere. You had to pick it up. Right. Our children don't even get that experience anymore. Yeah. But we've got to work on that as a community. So uh, one of the issues uh, that you had to uh, deal with <laughs> as a body head on was, of course, the very tragic death of Tyree Nichols. Uh, and I was at uh, several of the meetings uh, where there were protesters and activists uh, who were seeking systematic change within the police department. Uh, you all as a body voted for some of the uh, ordinances uh, to make uh, certain changes uh, in terms of that. Uh Patrice, what troubles you the most about, uh, you know, where we are in terms of law enforcement? It clearly seems like there is a big time level of mistrust between the community uh, and law enforcement uh, from various issues uh, uh, that have uh, have occurred. And, and, and what do you hope to see, you know, by by those ordinances and by maybe changes moving forward by the DOJ being here? What are you looking uh, at in the future? So I do not believe in defunding the police. That is not the answer mm -hmm. in our community. Mm -hmm. But I do believe in reforming, and I do believe in community policing. I had an opportunity in 
my past life to work in a school where we had an opportunity for a COAC unit to be right there in the building with us. And it made a difference in the community. Uh, I was right over there, uh, right across the street from Foot Homes, right next door to Claiborne Homes. So it, it was a very challenged uh, community, but it worked when we had community policing. I believe that as a community, as we come together and as the police officers work together and have the leadership that they need, the training they need, and to make their commitment to the community to give it their best, we'll all be better off. So there's a big election next week, as you know, <clears throat> for the mayor and for the for the city council. Uh, there is a lot on the line here. Uh, the history of this city shows that not too many people are interested in terms of the uh, uh, the uh, turnout numbers, uh, 20, 25 percent, uh, which is very low considering all the people uh, uh, that are registered to vote in this city. We have 17 candidates, uh, which means mm -hmm. the vote is going to be split. How 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 consequential is this election to you? It's very consequential. It says a lot about us and our community. We couldn't come together on just a couple of uh, candidates. We we uh, have not demanded really anything of the candidates. They've shared what they like to see. But what have we told them? These are the three things that we want. Now all you need to do is tell us how you're going to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, th th there's a lot of conversation around that. Our electorate uh, are not that interested in voting. You can look at the numbers. I looked at them today and I said, oh, my God, usually my district is pretty high, but uh, we've got District 5 that's outpacing me right now and even District 6. So I, I, I do believe that we need to look at trying to get people more excited about it. And I'm glad you're talking about that today because we want people to get out and vote now. And if they don't make it by September 30th, I need them at the polls on October 5th. That is their civic duty. So uh, before I let you go, you were recently appointed, uh, appointed to a very uh, uh, important board. Uh, and I believe you are the first person of color to be. And I'm not I don't know if that's the case or not. But you were recently appointed to the TVA board, which is a which is a huge deal. Congratulations on that. Uh, thank and, you. Thank you. And that does have local ramifications for a lot of folks, does it not? Yes, it does. Tennessee Valley Authority. Uh, serve seven states in the south and then we call it the valley however it is important to all of us because they determine what the electricity will cost if it's available to you how uh the sustainability uh, of the electricity but what's even more important to us is that we want to make sure that our electricity is affordable mm -hmm. that it's sustainable and that we have an opportunity to continue providing those services to the ballot. Now, what's important to me in Memphis, Tennessee, where I live, is that we look at weatherization and how TVA can, in their department, as they look at what can we do in other areas of our community, especially economic development. I believe that's something that our city could really use, but we have such a old housing stock. Yeah. We don't want this, this electricity coming in and going out the window with the air <laughs> because we don't have what we need for our community. Uh, I am not the first African-American that served on the TVA board, but I will be the first one coming back in a while. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, congratulations on that. And, uh, uh, you know, you may be gone from the council, but you surely won't be forgotten. Uh, Patrice Robinson, uh, City Councilwoman, District 3. Patrice, thank you for coming on the show tonight. It's, it's been it's good to see you. And uh, uh, congratulations on uh, eight years. You still have a little more work to do, but uh, congratulations <laughs> on, on uh, the improvements that we have seen in your area. And we hope that you come back down the road to talk a little bit about the TVA as we move forward. Of course I will. And I have been nominated. I've got to go through a confirmation process with the Senate. So I need the audience prayers. Don't forget me. We will never forget you. Patrice Robinson. Patrice, thank you. It's great to see you. And uh, we'll talk down You're the road. Welcome. All right. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Uh, that's a that's a good way to start the show off. Uh, we are going to take a break. Uh, great to see Patrice. Hadn't seen her in a while. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about an organization that is doing uh, amazing things to help folks reunite uh, in our communities as well as doing good deeds in our community as well. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. Hi. Good to see you. Uh and good for you to hear us, uh, by the way. I keep forgetting. Sometimes this Facebook Live thing kind of messes with you because uh, folks can see you, but a lot of you listen, and I appreciate that as well. Quick break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Music Export Memphis presents the Tambourine Bash Thursday, October 12th at the historic Everton Park Shell. This annual celebration of collaboration is a one-of-a-kind night of Memphis music featuring more than 30 musicians and collaborative sets culminating in a finale super jam produced by Royal Studios' Boo Mitchell. All proceeds power Music Export Memphis's grant programs for Memphis musicians. Ticket information and event details can be found at musicexportmemphis.org. Support for WIXR comes from the Overton Park Shell, presenting the Drive-By Truckers on Saturday, October 7th. This is part of the Shell Yeah! Concert Series to benefit the Overton Park Shell, established in 1936. Tickets and more information at OvertonParkShell.org. Minglewood Hall is proud to support WIXR. On Monday, October 30th, they will host Birmingham-based soul band St. Paul and the Broken Bones. The night will begin with an opening set by soul and country music singer Maggie Rhodes. More information regarding tickets can be found at minglewoodhall.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip with you. And uh, my next guest is uh, someone 
uh, who is, uh, I would say she's a community servant, dedicated to the community. Uh, she uh, heads an organization uh, called Lifeline to Success. And uh, Lifeline to Success uh, is, is a group uh, that uh, that basically works with individuals who have been uh, previously in prison, incarcerated, uh, and, and helps them to try to reattach themselves to normal life. Uh, and, and they also do very, very good work uh, in our community. Uh, please welcome Vanessa Brown to the show. Vanessa, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on Real Talk. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. So Lifeline to Success uh, is an organization that's been around for a few years, uh, Vanessa. But uh, for folks who don't know uh, what your organization is about and and, 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 and what it does, uh, please let our listeners know. We are a prison reentry program. And basically, I make it real simple. We love on the people that come into our building. We work with men and women that have aggravated felonies. Please do not touch my door if you don't have a felony because that's who we cater to. Mm. And we make sure that they understand that they're whole, that they are important and they matter and they are important in this area. You know, having said that, I'm sure that that one of the great challenges uh, is uh, when uh, they do get out, uh, they have to reestablish themselves all over. They have to start all over again, don't they? And I mean, obviously, uh, that 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 wears on you mentally uh, in terms of all of that. But you, so you're really almost, I guess, a, a good way to describe it. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Is really, you know, helping them to start all over again. Am I am I correct in that? You are, because we get men and women that have just come out of prison. We have men and women that have been in society for a while and just cannot get what they deserve. So we deal with a lot of people and the the joy of my job is I am the mama of the office. So if I can care for someone and give them all that they need, we may not have all the answers, but we're going to find them. There is an, an inequity here, uh, Vanessa. We all know that in, in terms of individuals who are, uh, you know, who are who are coming back and and, and want to do right and want to be right and want to take care of their families and their homes and their responsibilities. But there is a, there's always been a bit of a disconnect here in this city and, and county in terms of that in, ter- in terms of giving them this opportunity. Uh, how important has uh, Lifeline? to success been in terms of of breaking down those walls and breaking down those barriers, especially with the elected folks around here and and some of the issues that you have to deal with? There's a fight that we have. Um, And if you've served your time and did everything you're supposed to do, you are deserving of anything. So the, the hard part about the job is to make sure that the men and women understand who they are and then to bring out their talents because they are brilliant. And I think that's what we're missing. Just because you've been behind walls, what they forget is Jesus went to prison. Mm -hmm. So just because you've been behind walls, don't discount them. Because when they get out, they will blossom. The people that I have seen come through, we've done this since 2009. And we've seen over 2,000 people. I can tell you, when they understand that they matter in this community, you all better watch out. So, you know, having and having said everything you said in, in, in terms of that, and that's so very, very true, uh, your organization was recently uh, uh, given or uh, awarded a major grant, a half a million dollar grant uh, from the U.S. Uh, attorney's office. Uh, and, and that's huge, first of all. Congratulations on, on that. Uh, and, and I know that uh, you have to be ex- 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 ecstatic about it. Uh, what what are your plans in, in terms of that award? How do you how do you break that down? And I mean, clearly, it should help you uh, to move forward in a lot of uh, some of the programmatics that you're dealing with. 
Yes, we got it from the United States government. So mm -hmm. this is an appropriation. So the Congress and the Senate had to vote for us to get this. Oh, wow. Um, it is a true gift. And we thank Congressman Cohen for putting our name in the hat. Um, he's been working with us for 13 years. And in the 13th year, he said we were ready. The money is for some training that we're going to do. We have a transitional home that will be up and running on the 28th of October. And within that transitional home, there will be six men in that home. And we are looking at how do we train? We train during the day from nine to noon. They go out to work from noon to the streetlights come on. What happens if you give them continuous care for where they stay in a place that they put their hands on and built? And that's what this money is gonna to go towards, some extra counseling, some extra case management, and some extra teaching, and some other things like uh, more construction work, small engine work, auto body work, giving them the skills that they need to move on past where we're living. You know, that's 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 incredible. That's incredible. And it, it really speaks to the mission of your organization. Uh, you also do a, a lot of work and uh, I, I assume this is still going on, uh, uh, helping cleaning up uh, the city in various areas, helping with blight and and, and things like that. Is, is that is that still happening, Vanessa? Oh, Blight Patrol is always going on. That's the first step to getting uh, to understand work ethic. And what we do is we mitigate blighted areas in the city and make sure that everyone's home values increase to make sure the city looks beautiful. They stay with you in terms of, uh, the, I mean, is there a residential component to uh, to, to your organization? And, uh, you know, in terms of the grant, and you mentioned some of the things that you want to do with that. But but is that, is that part of that as well? Some residential uh, requirements? There? Oh, yeah. The transitional home is that's the main part of it. We were blessed to be donated a home. Uh -huh. We were blessed that uh, Mary Beth Conley and um, her husband, Rick, are renovating the home with some support from TVA. Oh, great. And this is men and women will be moving in. And TVA and the construction people have supported the men in learning how to do demolition and renovation. That is, that's incredible. Uh, and, and again, for people to see uh, the work, the hard work that you all have been putting into this, uh, you and your husband since uh, 2009, uh, it, it seems to be paying off. I was thinking about what you said a minute ago, but Congressman Cohen said after 13 years, you're ready. Uh, and uh, this this will take you, uh, you know, a mighty long way, uh, you know, to be, uh, to have this, first of all, uh, being placed uh, within the walls of Congress, uh, you yes. know, is a big enough deal and then having them to approve what it is that you're doing has to say to you that you know what even days when uh, you know your spirits may not be as high as they should be you know what the work is being noticed the work is being recognized and we are doing something to save people that, that, that's got to be very gratifying to you I would imagine what I have to say it's the work of the men and women that come in um, Mr. Brown is now over at Shelby County Office of Reentry right. but his teaching still sticks and we give the tools. That's all we're doing is giving the tools. I can't make anyone do anything. So the men and women that come in, they take heed. And this is what the work that they are doing. So I am honored to be able to work for them. The responsibility uh, is, 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 is pretty daunting in, in terms of this. Uh, you know, when you uh, talk to a, a lot of uh, the folks who are in your program now, uh, what types of, uh, what are they telling you about uh, how beneficial being a part of something is. Uh, what they're a part of is something very positive. Uh, it is very affirming. You mentioned that earlier in the conversation. But, you know, when you have conversations with them one-on-one, -on -one, either men or women, you know, what are they telling you about, uh, you know, how much this program means to them uh, and uh, where they want to be 
in life? The majority of time, um, the men and women go through a program and after a year or 15 months, the doors are closed. They graduate, that's it. Our doors are always open and that's what they need. Sometimes we have some guys that, that they're doing great in life, mm-hmm. but they have to come back home and just get a little reboost. So that's what we're there for. Doors don't close. You don't age out of the program. We are always there. And people always tell us this is the craziest thing. You, you can't do that. Yes, we can. And this is how it works. They mentor each other. We, we're, <laughs> you know what? It's... When you're dealing with human lives, it's so simple. And it is so simple just to tell someone, yes, you can. And if they say, no, we can't, I'm right here with, you. yes, you can. It is so simple to do this, but we don't want it. We always want our hands off. So what, what we get back is our team members come back and they pay it forward. They will either refer people for employment. They'll just come back and tell their story. Or you know what, for me, I'm just happy to see them walk through the doors. That's just a, that's a wonderful thing. And when you said pay it forward and, and, and they really motivate each other and they encourage and they encourage each other. New members walking in are feeling the same way that the older members who have been with you a while were feeling when they walked in. So they have a they have a unique story and perspective uh, on, on, on how to move forward. Am I correct in that? You are. You've got to remember what their charges are. They're aggravated charges. So I, I've got some from bank robbers to murderers from two years to 40 years that have been in prison and they get along. We don't have problems in our office. They get along. They work together. And I, I want everyone to understand that. Give people a chance. When you give them a chance, you just don't know what you're going to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I'm just I'm, I'm so proud of the organization. I don't know if you remember, I, I actually spoke uh, to, to the Blight folks years ago, Blight Patrol years yes, ago, uh, and uh, re- really enjoyed the, the, the spirit and, 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 the, and the respect uh, and, 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 and the willingness, uh, you know, for them to know that what they're doing means something. It means something not only to themselves, but to other people. That's correct. Yeah. You, you got it. And well, listen, I, I'm, I'm so proud of you and the organization uh, as a whole. And of course, uh, uh, congratulations again on this grand award. Well deserved, obviously. Uh, Thank you. And, and all the work that you were doing. May God continue to, to, to shine his light on you uh, and the entire organization for even more success in the future. And come back and visit us down the road. I sure will. Thank you so much, Chip. All right, two take care. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, That's now that you talk about success stories, that's a, a success story. Vanessa Brown and uh, the uh, folks over at Lifeline to Success. And, and let me tell you something. What she said is, you know, we just want you to walk through the door. When you walk through the door, you are in, we, with family. You are home. You know, you are with people who care. You know, we don't care what you did. We care where you're going. And we care what your future looks like. I love this. And, I, and I'm so happy for them and, and that organization and everyone else should be as well we're going to take another break and when we come back we're going to shift gears a bit and talk to another uh gentleman uh community leader as i would like to call him about the program that he is shepherding this is real talk memphis for a monday evening i'm chip we'll take another break and we'll be right back If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. 
WYXR is supported by Memphis Presents and GPAC, presenting Victor Wooten and the Wooten Brothers on Friday, November 3rd. The Wooten Brothers combine the talents of bassist Victor Wooten, Steve Miller Band keyboardist Joseph Wooten, guitarist Reggie Wooten, and drummer Roy Futureman Wooten. More information available at gpacweb.com. WYXR supported by Memphis Presents, celebrating White Sickers' 10th anniversary with a beer and music festival on Saturday, October 21st. BAM Fest will feature music from Memphis and beyond with artists such as Lucero, Hank Sullivan, and Nathan Vanderpool from Blitz and Trapper. Simon Spine and Dead Soldiers will also take the stage. Intermissions will feature sets from DJ Leroy and live performances from the Stone Crush Memphis Modern Soul Compilation. More information is available at MemphisPresents.com. WYXR is supported by Minglewood Hall, presenting jazz guitarist and innovator Pat Matheny, live Tuesday, October 10th. More information regarding reserved seats at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis as the sun sets on another Monday in the city. Chip with you. Uh, and uh, my next guest is, is uh, someone I've known for a while, but he has never been on this show either. But we can rectify all that tonight. He's a very well-known pastor in our community. He's the senior pastor of Riverside Missionary Baptist Church. And he is also the founder uh, of, a, of a very important program for at-risk youth. Uh, it is wonderful to welcome the good Reverend Dr. Reginald Boyce. And Reggie, it's great to see you, man. How you doing tonight? I'm well, my brother. How are you? Doing good, doing good. And thank you so much for taking some time uh, to uh, to come on the show. Really appreciate it. I'm honored uh, and, and I'm grateful we had a chance to finally lock it in. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely that. And, uh, you know, uh, you are, to say you are one of the most respected uh, religious leaders in our community uh, is is not a, is, an, is an understatement. Uh, you, you are, you're involved in, in, in so much and you, you hold, people hold you in such high regard uh, in in our communities. I, I, I see that you're going to be involved in a lot of events. I had an interview uh, earlier today with some folks from the NAACP oh, yeah. uh, who are having the prayer breakfast uh, this weekend and you're going to be one of the individuals giving the prayer, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. To God be the glory. Yes, sir. A absolutely that. And uh, so, uh, you know, you've been doing it out, out here for a very long time. And, uh, you know, uh, as a pastor, uh, you know, you obviously have, uh, you know, responsibility to your to your flock. Uh, but but when you wake up, uh, you know, each day, uh, what is your what, what is your goal? What, what do you what do you said? What do you what do you set out for that day uh, to do in terms of trying to make a difference in this community? Yeah, certainly. Uh, number one, my first goal is just to make sure that I am taking advantage of the breath and the activities that of, of my limbs that God has given me. Right. Mm -hmm. it's just make sure I'm doing his will, that I'm operating uh, in his will and not in his way. So whatever it is that God is trying to perform uh, in our city, in our community, in our uh, in whatever area I'm in, just to make 
making sure I'm thanking God for this opportunity and then also asking God to empower me to strengthen me. Uh, so that way I'm not just letting the day waste by. And now my ultimate goal is to help at least one person. If I know for a fact that I've put a smile on a person's face, led them to Christ, uh, met a need. So if they were hungry. Uh, we fed them or they needed a shirt on their back. I mean, if I can just do one thing that is impactful, that a change a person's life, even if it's just for a moment, uh, then I know for sure it's an old adage, but it's, it's, it's true that my living's not in vain. And that day wasn't in vain. You know, uh, <laughs> we have a lot of challenges in our community, Reggie, as you well, as you well know. And, 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 uh, Many of us uh, look to our religious leaders, uh, you know, as ones being on the front line. Uh, a lot of uh, we, we're seeing a lot of things in our community that uh, that are that are unpleasant to us in terms of the violence uh, that we we are seeing. Uh, uh, many of it, uh, you know, seems to fall uh, on our young folks uh, who may have lost their way uh, and and need to be refocused and redirected. You uh, founded an organization called Empower 901 uh, for at-risk youth. Tell me first why you felt the need uh, to uh, create a a program like this and what you hope the benefits will be down the road. Sure. Most of the time when we're trying to uh, uh, curve the violence and, you know, try to turn offenders to not being repeat offenders and, 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 you know, some type of justice reform, we're always dealing with adults. And I found out for me, adults are hard to change because they're grown people, right? They, they've already made their minds. I'm not saying it's impossible for them to change. It's just a little bit more challenging. Sure. But when you have children who are involved in this cycle of crime, this cycle of behavior, uh, they're a little bit more open to listen. And they're still, uh, if you will, innocent enough uh, as far as mentally uh they're still growing and, and the ground is still ready to teal for them to listen and change their behavior so i believe if we can stop it at the root then we don't have to come back and you know find a person 10 years down the road i i, I won't forget it just a couple of weeks ago i was uh, speaking with a young man who who's in juvenile uh for murder mm. and and he told me he said why do you all wait until we're in a place like this to reach out to us. Oh, wow. And that kind of broke my heart. Wow. Uh, now, honestly, we know there are people out there that's in communities and neighborhoods. It's just not enough of us. It's not enough of us. And so it looks as if for him, hey, I've never, he never heard of a chaplain before. He's, ne- you know, he, he sees churches, but he never sees the pastor. And so, uh, so I, I, I felt like if we can go to where they are, uh, you know, reach them where they are, we can kind of change this pattern, this, this trajectory Memphis and, and Shelby County is on as far as with crime uh, at this moment. So I felt there was a need to do something uh, with our young people when it comes to uh, criminal reform. But there's a special twist, too, with Empower 901. Uh, it is also a, a juvenile reentry uh, program as well, right? Oh, okay. And so how do we reintroduce little Johnny, little Sarah, little Corey, little Reggie, whatever name you want to give them, how do we reintroduce them back to their community, to their society, mm-hmm. back to their church? Mm-hmm. How do we reintroduce them back to their schools? Maybe they haven't been to school in the last few years or months, whatever the case may be. And so allowing them to have a, if you will, a reintroduction to the world and to society. And so we have it for adults. Uh, Memphis and Shelby County, we really haven't had a program far as reentry specialized program for juveniles. Mm. And so, so that's what made me say, you know what? And I feel led. I mean, honestly, it's all God's thing work here. I felt led uh, to be a part of this. 
and, and to lead this, but not just by myself, obviously, but with a, with a team of, of hard workers. So that's that's where it is. I hope that all made sense. But that's that's where the baby was created. Well, that's very uh, that's very interesting. Uh, you know, a juvenile reentry program. And I'm still I'm really still fixated on on uh, the conversation you had with the juvenile who asked you, you know, oh, why yeah. do you wait until, you know, we're in this situation before you come? Uh, one of the things that I have heard, Reggie, and I've talked to a lot of people uh, in this city uh, about this, it, it, especially in terms of the connection or reconnecting <laughs> with our with our youth, uh, younger population, our juveniles, yeah. is you have to meet them where they are. And you, you and you mentioned that, uh, and, and, I, and I and I wanted to pick, piggyback off of that because that is extraordinarily important that people need to understand. You just can't you can't stay separated. You know, like like churches. Um, supposed to be beyond the four walls. Uh, these kids, a lot of them, um, you know, are, are, aren't listening to too many messages, but you have to get out there and have a conversation with them to understand what the real issues are. Am I correct in that? Listen, brother, the drug dealer meets them where they are. The gang bankers meet them where they are. Everybody that's that's trying to lead them in negative behavior, meet them where they are. So if you want to change that behavior, you have to go where they are understand where they are don't judge them and and, and and which is again you know within empower nine one uh while it's focused on the youth we understand that if the parents aren't winning the families aren't winning that child is going right back into that cycle i found this out uh that in most of these uh when i have conversations with a lot of these uh i don't like calling juveniles i just i call them friends when i'm there when i have a lot of conversations with these younger men most of the times the crimes they're doing they're committing they're trying to get money to help mom pay a light bill, pay mm. a car note. We don't want to see mama struggle anymore. You really don't hear much about dad. Yeah. Uh, and even if there's dad in the house, they always say, I'm just, I don't want to see my mama like this. Yeah. And so if the, fa- if, if mom is winning, then that child has a better opportunity to be successful. But when they feel like mom is struggling just to pay a light bill, well, for them, if I just go steal this car, um, that's all they're doing is stealing it, make some money off of it. That's, I mean, that's why they're doing it the way they're doing it. It's all about flipping it real quick, just get a couple of dollars. So if we can at least deal with that part of it, you'll start seeing the crime numbers going down as far as uh, uh, just, just hitting some of those infections. And I, I think that the fact that somebody's found poverty, if you ask me what's, what's one of the causes to the crime rate right now, I, I think it's poverty. Mm. The disconnect uh, that uh, households have, you know, we talk about the poverty uh, rate for uh, j- young people. It's almost it's about 37, 30. It's about 32, 33 percent, which is pretty high. Uh, you know, and, 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 and you talk about that connectivity, uh, you know, is, 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 is being a part of that. Uh, when you spend time with these young people uh, and you have conversation with them, Reggie, what what are some of the main things that they're telling you about some of the issues that they are dealing with? Sure. Uh, most of them, uh, they don't realize. So I, I started using this word trauma around them. They don't understand what trauma is. Mm. They can tell you what they've experienced. They don't know how to verbalize it and why they feel and do what they do. Mm. And so... For instance, some have seen dead bodies, you know, their uncle get killed at, while they were when they were eight years old and things like that. So they're, they're a lot of this stuff. They're retaliating and responding to what they've seen. Mm. They only do what they see and what they're told. And so that's what some of those children are telling me uh, is, hey, my brother or they got a brother that's in jail that's bragging about it. Uh, things of that nature. So it's, it's, it's mainly uh, broken homes, trauma. They don't know how to deal with grief. Uh, I had a young man who who dad was murdered on his birthday, 
And it wasn't until we were just talking about grief in one of my classes. And he said, Pastor, that's when my behavior started to change. It was that year? He said, I never knew that's why my behavior was changing. But that's the year I started getting in trouble. He didn't understand that the things he, were do- he was doing, his grades dropping, uh, him catching an attitude with his mom and him, you know, not really yeah. wanting to go to school anymore yeah. had something to do with grief. And so so we, we got to do better, I believe, with mental health, with grief and helping people with their trauma so they can understand their, their behavior. Oftentimes we just want to call a child bad or they're just busy or they're sure. just mischievous. Sure. That's not the case. Something has happened. We're no one in this world was born bad. It's probably, you know, we're, we're humans, we're flesh. Don't get me wrong. We got bad tendencies in us, but, but you have to kind of shape and mold that if you will, just like you have to do goodness. Absolutely that. Well, listen, man, I, 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 I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Uh, I've, I've been, was excited uh, to have you, um, uh, I hope that this won't be the last time you join me oh, no. uh, oh, and that no. we will come on. But uh, Reverend Dr. Reginald Boyce, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Reggie, thank you for coming on the show, man. Really, really appreciate it. Wow. Uh, your words thank were you. uh, of value. And uh, wow. I, I look forward to having you come back uh, to visit us down the road. OK, we'll do it again. Thank you so much. And I appreciate this opportunity. May God continue to bless your work. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate that. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, that puts a wrap on uh, this episode of uh, Real Talk Memphis. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you listened to it. And if you like what we do as Brent plays us out, uh, please tell a friend. Uh, Tanda, Tanda Lynch uh, has uh, sent me a question on Facebook Live. She said, hello, Chip. Do you have any information on Tamia Taylor? And that's the young lady, 21-year-old. Uh, that was uh, missing off the boat uh, off of the uh, of the booze cruise. Uh, we have not heard anything yet uh, in reference to uh, um, her uh, or findings or anything else. Uh, we do know that a female body was found over the weekend. We are praying uh, that Tamia Taylor is uh, safe, and we will uh, keep you uh, posted uh, whenever we uh, find out something in reference to that. But in the meantime. Uh, Thank you all for uh, checking us out this evening, whether you're listening, whether you're watching on live stream or however you're doing it. I truly appreciate your support uh, and your encouragement as we continue to try to do shows that mean something. Great show tonight. Great guest. uh, Really enjoyed it myself. So uh, for all of us here at Real Talk Memphis, for Lola, for Nicole, for Brent, and for your host, Chip, please have a safe week. Be careful out there, and until next time, we are out.